Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Money Printers Airline Flight TMP with non-stop service to generational wealth. All electronic devices should remain powered on as you will need them to print your money. Please fasten your seatbelts as we prepare for takeoff. Enjoy the ride and let's print. Woo! Money Printers, welcome to another episode of the Money Printers Podcast. It's your host, Tola, and I'm here with my billionaire brother, Dame. And on this episode, we have a special guest. If you're in the Money Printers community, you probably heard of him or had help from him. He's been on a few Zoom calls with us. He's a husband, a father, an investor, a realtor, an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and a life coach. And I'm proud to call him my older brother. Yes, my blood older brother. He goes by the name of Dapo. Dapo, how you feeling today, bro? Hey, man, I am grateful to, to be here with the money printers. You know what I'm saying? Because when I'm not investing money, I'm printing it, just as you should. You know what I'm saying? The money printers, man, listen, they'll turn a dollar into a $1,000. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? And then when they turn your dollar to a 1000 you need to holler at me so we can invest it in some real estate. Mm. Get that mm. passive, Get that passive income going. You know what I mean? So while you're printing money with the stocks and the mutual funds and the options and the trades, while that's working, boom, let's, 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 let's put some diversify and put something in real estate. Okay. Okay. Doc. What's up? Would you say that real estate is your way of printing money? Yes. Yes. Um, although we should have multiple streams of um, income, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's where I'm, I'm learning from you guys, Okay. you know, regarding the trading and the options, but yes, um, pr- um, real estate is my way of printing money. I work for myself. I'm my own. Like Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Mm. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I have my literally factual, have my own LLC that I operate under, that I get paid under. I have my own company that I get paid under. And, um, Real estate is definitely one of the one of the surest. Let me not say surest because nothing is that sure, but it's one of the the most upcoming ways of becoming a millionaire. You know that trading, um, you know websites, you know the tech technology. But yeah, real estate is definitely one of my ways. I'm working on my third home. Um, you know. Let me not go ahead. I'm like, yeah, I hope I answered your question, man. Go ahead. You definitely, you definitely did. You definitely did. All right. Dan, Dan, you want to start him off, bro? Yeah, for sure. So I know he mentioned that um, real estate actually makes the most millionaires around the country. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are gaining wealth and becoming financially free through real estate. So how did you get started in real estate, Doc? Oh, man. All right. So. The guy you see now wasn't always the guy I was. Right now, to be honest with you, and I'm not even bragging, I consider myself successful uh-huh. um, because of the, the, the hurdles I've overcame. I used to be that dude that was running in the streets. Um, I'm not trying to glorify no street life, no thuggish life, because I've been on the wrong end of it. I've been locked up before. Uh-huh. Um, I used to sell drugs in the projects. You know, um, running with the wrong types of people. Um, and I've been locked up. And then I knew when I got out, I had to do something. I had to take my skills because I've always been an entrepreneur. 
I was just doing it in the wrong channels. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I knew I wanted to, you know, sell because I've always, I, I'm the type I could sell anything. I could sell, I could sell water to a well, you know, I could, I could sell a raid to a roach. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you got to protect yourself from the other roaches. So you might as well buy this raid from me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, all seriousness though. So I, I, you know, I was in New York in Staten Island and I just went for my real estate license. And I had these people who was, um, who's been in the industry, these older, older people, older people who was in older Europeanized individuals. And I told them about my history and they said, listen, you can't be a realtor. Mm. You've been locked up. Mm-hmm. You can't, your background. You got a felony. Yeah, I said it. I got a felony. Mm-hmm. You know, you you took the you wasted your time taking this class. I know you passed the class. You got you got like 90s on the test, but you might as well not even go for your state exam. And I listened, I listened to them. And I put my desire on the back shelf because these so-called experts, I trusted them. I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't until I left New York and me and my wife, we was, going, we was doing a, a new start. We, was moving to, we moved to Florida. And I said, you know what? This is a fresh new paper. This is a clean sheet of paper. I remember what these people told me, but I'm going to do this again. Because I never really went forth with it. I just accepted their no. I accepted their truth. And I'm saying to myself, I know I'm not the only person that made a mistake in life. I know I'm not the only person that made a mistake or, or got a, a, a blemish on a background. I know I can't be the only person. So I did it again. I, I went for my, uh, my class in Florida. I passed. You know, um, you got to get your fingerprints. You got to get your fingerprints. You got to, you got to, um, you know, do the application. Have you ever been arrested before? I knew not to lie because my fingerprints. Right. And. I remember they called me and it was like, listen, um, we don't want to tell you no or yes. We need to meet you. We need to meet you. And there's seven of us on the board. Five out of seven has to say yes in order for us to sign off. So you need to come here with your background, with your papers and everything. Um, So I went there. Um, By the way, I got a certificate of relief. That's given to me from Albany. It basically says, it's an official document from Albany. It says, hey, listen, this person might have committed a crime back in the days, but um, he, he, he did his punishment. And since then, he's been a, 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 a sound citizen. That's basically what it says. Mm-hmm. And I went to them. It was me in front of seven other people. And they basically said, hey, why should we give you this chance? We're you know, being a realtor in the state of Florida, you are trusted in a lot of people's homes, this and that. And I looked at them, I said, and they all had to be like 50 and up. And I said to all of them, I said, listen, I know everyone in this room made a mistake sometime in their life. Since then, I've gotten my bachelor's degree. Since then, I, I owned a home. Since then, I did this, I did that. And I'm here because I have a five-year-old daughter. And I know one day she's going to tell me she's going to want to quit on something 
And I need to be able to tell her, listen, daddy never quit for nothing. Daddy went for everything he wanted to. Regardless if I was told yes or no, daddy went for it. And that's why I'm here. And I told him, regardless of whatever you guys say, I need to know I went for it. I'm not going to allow someone else to tell me what I can't go for. Tola, damn, I needed five yeses out of seven. All seven said yes. I cried right there. Wow. I ain't gonna hold you, man. I just got chills when you just told your story, bro. Man. Like, I mean, I knew I knew your story already, but just you telling me that just now, I just like it almost brought tears to my eyes. I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. That's Until I remember, I called you in New York. I said, Tola, I need you to go to the precinct and get my um disposition papers. I need you to get this, get that. Remember? Right, I, right. Because that's I needed that. They was asking me for all of this. The Florida Real Estate Commission was asking me for all of this. And yo, no lie, and I no, I cried in front of him oh. because I delayed what God put in my heart for 10 years because so-called expert told me you can't uh-huh. because on paper it says you can't. Right. But when they met me, they felt me, they felt my energy. I looked them all in the eye. I didn't lie about nothing. I said, yes, I committed those, that, that crime you see on that paper. Yes, I did that. But I'm on a, that's, a, that's a different version of me right now. I'm on a different frequency. That's not me no more. And I know all you guys, you're at least above 50. But I know sometime in your youth, you probably did something you regretted too. Please give me an extra chance. If not for me, for my daughter. So I could be a living example to her. Man, let that be a lesson that you can get 99 no's. All you need is that one yes. That's, That's right. Way. Never let anybody tell you what you can't do. Don't let anybody project their their fears or their projections on you to keep going for anything that you want to do. You can accomplish it. Let that both story serve as as testament that you can do anything. Don't let anybody stand in your way. There are no ceilings for you. Absolutely no ceilings, man. That's that that's that's powerful, man. So so, so powerful, man. And you ready? Since then, I've only been in Florida for three years. Mm-hmm. I think I've done so like maybe 68, 70 homes. Wow. Now, now, quick question. What is like what is like the average amount of homes that relatives sell every every year? OK, so when you're a general. So. So all right, right from that, once I got my license, right, once I got the eight. So first. The, com- the commission have to give you the AOK to even take the state exam. You have to get their permission to take the state exam. Once I got their permission, Tola, I didn't even go. I took two extra months because I wasn't messing around. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I got new batteries in my pack, you know? Right. I got fresh, fresh D batteries, D for Doppel, you know? <laughs> I got those fresh batteries, so I'm charged. Right, I studied. Right. I passed that. I passed that joint on the first try. Most realtors don't, by the way. But anyway, so I knew I didn't have much networking mm-hmm. because, you know, I just moved out here. So I said, let me go with the builder. And by the way, with the builder, you need at least two years. That's another thing. Like Dane said, yo, can I curse? No. No. Yo, <laughs> F what the paper says. Because on the, the application, it says you need at least two years of experience to work for the, um, the major builder. I went to the top builder in Florida, which is Lenar. They're the top builder in Florida. Right. They, the most value. 
I said, I just know I need to get in front of somebody's face. I just need to get that interview. And I got in front of the interview, aced the interview. My first year, I sold 44 homes. Wow. 44 homes. And do you know why? That's crazy. You know why I told her? I'm going to tell you why. Because I have that, that hustling spirit within me. Because I felt like, you know, everything I went through and I've been given a second chance. And Floridians, I, I like Floridians. They're very laid back. They're very chill. Um, 4.59, they're ready to leave. And I love that about them. Because if I'm getting out at 5, uh-uh, I'm staying in for two extra hours for the stragglers. Right, right, right. You know, I, I'm, I'm marketing. I'm marketing. And guess what? My job, my manager's going to tell me to market. I'm going to gyms. I'm going to churches. I'm going to, um, to certain events to market myself and the company I work for mm-hmm. on my days off. You got that hustler spirit. Because I said to myself, I done sold everything illegally speaking. Why can't I sell a house? Mm. All I got to do is take those attributes and put it in the right channel. And at the same time, educate people. Mm. And yo, no lie. My, my manager was like, why are these people come to ask for you? Oh, because I was at that, that neighborhood that a lot of people don't like to go in Tampa. And I set up at the church in the hood in Tampa. And I just give my business cards. And I, and I was giving the pamphlets out. And I was talking about Lenar and help, you know, trying to support the brand. So that's why they come in here to me. Mm. I love that, man. You, you really took what you learned from the block and you instilled it in real estate and it, it, you made it work for you. Like exactly. a, lot of, a lot of people, you know, whoever's listening to this, you know, you can, you can literally do that with anything. There's a lot of people that's in our group that that's doing that with, uh, with options and stocks and Doppo is doing that with real estate, you know? So again, like Dame said, just let this be a testament to, you know, what you can do, you know what I'm saying? With your future, you don't, it don't always have to be the block. You know what I'm saying? You could literally take the block mentality and, and take it anywhere. You know, it's a lot. Yo, it's a lot. If you could sell drugs, mm-hmm. you could be a CEO. You know why? Why? To sell drugs, you got to know how to market. Mm. Okay? You got to know your demographics. Mm-hmm. Who's using the product? You got to know them. You got to know um, competition. Right. Okay? You, 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 you got to know how to evade competition, a.k.a. police. <laughs> you, you, you have to know. You have to juggle all this. You have to budget. You have to know your inventory. You have to know how to balance, balance your credit and debts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And I just, I just started reading and I started realizing, yo, I got this in me. Mm-hmm. I was just channeling it into the wrong lane. Mm-hmm. Tola, no, I'm, like I said, yo, I, I'm just trying to inspire people because I know there's people out there like me that feels discouraged because somebody done told them, yo, you got a felony. You can't make nothing more than minimum wage. Or you got, or, or you, the, the color of your, 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 your skin tone. You can't do this. You can't do that. That's a nah, you, you could do it. Whatever. If God put a, a vision in your heart, God put, God would not put a vision in your heart without providing you the provisions. Mm, that's a gem. You just got to follow it. 
And Tola, I'm not bragging, yo. Yo, I, my wife tells me, don't tell people how much you make. Don't tell people how much you make. Well, don't tell them on here, neither. <laughs> <laughs> we, we believe you. We believe you. <laughs> but, yo, all I'm saying is I took my passion to helping people because I seen, yo, you know what I enjoy the most? When I'm helping someone who feels like, man, Doppel, listen, I don't have a 700 credit score. I don't got 20% of $400,000 to put down. You know, everybody in my family rented. I'm out, I don't think I could do it. Mm. And then when I turn around five months later and that person's moving to their new house and they're looking at me with tears of joy, yo, that gives me purpose. Mm. Because I know once I help that one person get a home, guess what? It's more likely that kids is going to get a home. That's a fact. They're going to look because at it's. It's all generational, B. It's all generational. If your family's been renting, your kids is going to rent. Their kids is going to rent. Let one person get a home. Let one person get a home. Now was, that was like, Tolak, my daughter's five. My son is eight months old. To them, having their own home is going to be normal. Like, and what's the big deal? Yeah, it's, it's, it's normal. You know why it's going to be normal to them? Because I'm setting the tone. That's a fact. It should it should be normal. You know what I'm saying? That should be, you know, that should be our 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 floor. Like, all right, yeah, we got a home and you know what I'm saying? We we buying hotels now. We buying we we buying a whole building. Yes. You know, we buy so you know, I, I love that you're setting the tone for your kids. And for those that's listening, I hope that you guys are, you know, trying to set that tone. Whether you live in an apartment or whatever, you know, try to set that tone for your kids, right? Try to strive for the best. Because they're they're looking up at you, right? They they want to be like you, right? You're, you're their first superhero, so to say, right? So you always want to make sure that you're setting that tone for your kids, and I love that you're doing that. Thank you. Definitely. So I know you talked about your background in the streets, um, but in terms of investing, right? Was that taught to you growing up to invest in real estate or to invest in the stock market? So what was that like for you? No, it wasn't taught to me. What was taught to me was save. Um, that's that's what was taught to me. You know, if you have a hundred dollars, save at least twenty five dollars of it. You know, honestly, my both my parents used to always tell me save, and um, that's what was taught to me: save, save your money. All right. Now I know you spoke about, um, you know, uh, you know, when you spoke to the judges, the seven judges. Do you feel like that was one of your biggest hurdles uh, in real estate thus far? Or was, yeah. there an, uh, was there another hurdle that, you know, maybe catapulted you or pushed you forward? Um, nah, Tola, that was my biggest hurdle was just someone opening the door for me. Yeah, yeah. Because once I knew I got in, I, it was no, no question I could sell a, a bunch of homes mm -hmm. to anybody. No that. question. Because I took what I used to do in the streets like, which I was under massive pressure every day I would be in the streets. Mm -hmm. So now <laughs> you want to tell me, talk about credit and talk about um, loan products to a stranger you don't know, that's nothing. I could do that in my street, in my sleep, and show them a home. You know, that's nothing. You know, like anything else, any salesman, I don't care what you're selling. I don't care if it's a house. I don't care if it's a car. 
I don't care if it's drugs. You have to know your product. You have to know your people. You have to be able to anticipate their their um, objections and give them solutions. That's a big one. You know, that's I don't care any product, that's any product. That's it. No, that's and once you're able to do that, yo, everything else is easier. Everything else is easy. That's a big like gem that. right there. That's a, like that's, that that's a big that's a big gem. I like that. I like that. So it's dope that. You know, and I spoke to Tola about this in one of our previous episodes also, but it's like you turned that setback or what seemed to be a setback that actually worked out in your favor. Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, Dame, you ain't lying. You know what? I used to be ashamed to tell people I've been locked up. I used to hold my head down. I used to be ashamed. I was so it took me a while, man, before like I just started reading. I started meditating. And I started realizing, you know what? Nothing happens by coincidence. And it, Dane, what you just said, it took me a, a while to realize that. And once I accepted that and realized, yo, I went through this for a reason. Mm-hmm. And now I see the reasons. Because, for example, I was selling home during the pandemic when a lot of people didn't want to go out showing homes. And I used the purchase situations that I used to be. And I, I'm like, yo, I'm built for this. I've been through something. I haven't been through something like this, but I've been through pressure situations and still get the job done, you know? And um, you're right, Dane. Yeah, it, it served me. And now it's like, I don't use that as a crutch no more. Like I know some people I know do, like I used to. I don't use that as a crutch no more. Right. You know, I use that as my superpower. Mm. I it feel like- because. Um, no, I'm saying it is because if you look at yourself, we're all built, like you said, for a purpose, right? So a lot of times we're going through something and it may seem like it, like I said, it's a setback to us, but then it's also going to turn into something that propels us. And then what does it do? Now we're built for something and we're able to pass that knowledge and, and situations along to other people and serve as inspiration and help other people and make other people's lives easier. So we, we go through something, we get built for something and then we help and we help other people. So, man, that's dope. Yeah. I, I just feel like that, that adversity that you went through really made you stronger mentally, like just all around as a person, it just made you much better. You're more relatable, right? It's like, if you take a walk in the park and you, you know, you wake, you, you're born and you just take a walk in the park and you don't do nothing. It's like, okay, what are you just seeing? You're just seeing nature. But if you are, you, you've been in the, in the, in the rut, in the, in the ground, like in jail, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, through indeed. things, you've been, you've been through a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. excuse me. But well, you've been through a lot of things, right? And um, it's made you stronger. It made you more wiser. It made you more relatable to everybody. And indeed. I, I think that's why a lot of people are gravitating towards you. And, and that's why, that's where they, you know, they find in that comfortability with you. And that's probably why you're able to sell so many homes. Listen, Tola. I've been broke. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been um, horrible credit score. I'm talking about like 520. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been like no job. And I turned all that 180, 180 degrees. You know, my mindset is just different. My, my, yo, my, I'm one of the greatest things I'm proud of is I, I could honestly say like I could provide for my entire household my wife, my two kids without looking over my shoulder. 
that that is the best that's the biggest thing i'm proud of no materialistic thing not the fact i'm working on my third home or whatever or i just ordered that tesla <laughs> anyway but never mind that the the biggest thing i'm proud of is that yo if i see a cop behind me i'm not shaking like i used to i'm not wondering where's the stash box i'm not wondering about that like all right whatever i'm good pull me over if you want <laughs> i don't care you know I, I don't, I don't, I could look at my, my daughter in the eye and says, this is what daddy does. And daddy helps people to get shelter. Daddy educates people on financial wealth. Daddy, daddy is, is changing other people's family generational curses. Mm. That's dope. That's dope. So I wanted to get into credit, right? Cause you did say something about you had a 520 credit score, right? Yes, sir. I did. So, <laughs> So when it comes to purchasing a house, right? Like, by the way, real quick, just to look, just in case anybody was wondering, um, as of today, my credit is like eight thirty. So there's three credit scores. Scores you have one from Experian, um, Equifax, and um, TransUnion. Um, I wrote this down. My uh, my Equifax is seven sixty nine. My Experian is eight twenty four, and my TransUnion is eight oh three. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Those are the board. Those right. You definitely putting numbers on the board. <laughs> but for the people that's listening, right, when it comes to credit and and purchasing a home, where does their credit have to be at? Like, you know, is there a a, a desirable number that you look for as a realtor? All right. So me as a realtor, um, so my job is to you know find you the home and negotiate on the home. But because I also I used to be a mortgage processor, so and I also talk with the lenders, the people who says yes or no to your, to, to approve your loan. I, I know more than the average realtor with that. Um, so as far as a credit score, you want your credits to be as high as possible, but there's different loan products. So the, the app, the most popular loan product is FHA because FHA will take the lowest let me not say the lowest, but they will take a lower score than conventional and VA. FHA is 580 or higher. Okay. Um, and the DTI debt to income ratio, we could, we could talk about that later. They are a little more lenient. Um, FHA is backed by um, federal housing administration. And um, so you pay a little more for the um, mortgage insurance but 580 or higher is for FHA. But keep in mind, you want to get the highest credit you can because the higher your credit, the lower your interest rate. And the interest rate will dictate your monthly payment. Mm. So you can have two people. They're going for the same home, same price. Mm -hmm. They're both going for FHA. One has a 580, which is the standard to get in. And one has a 680. Mm -hmm. That person with the 580 could, could easily be paying $200 more a month for the same exact home. And that's a lot of money. Oh, definitely. That's, that's, that's groceries. That's a car note. It could be a lot of things, you know? So, you know, for those listening, don't take, oh, $200. That's, that's light. You know, I could eat that. Don't, you could put that towards something else. You could even put that towards the house and pay it off quicker. So you could put that towards the money printers and, 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 and get some trade options going. That's a fact. You know, <laughs> that's a fact. Right. Okay, <laughs> and that's two hundred monthly for thirty years. However long it takes you to pay off that home, so don't that's right. 
as, okay, that's just 200 extra a month. That definitely starts to add up. So I know you mentioned, you talked about credit, right? So with FHA, um, you need a 580 as a base score. Yes. So what, what are some other basic home buying requirements? Because I know there's a big misconception that you need 20% down to purchase a home. Um, but we know what FHA um, is three and a half. Three and a half percent. Yeah, exactly. So three and a half percent. Um, so what are some other basic requirements besides the credit score? I know you mentioned DTI. Could you, could you share uh, some of those? Okay, sure. So besides the credit score, um, FHA, they would like you to be working with the same industry for at least two years. Oh. Same industry. So let's say, for example, you work for T-Mobile, but then you switch six months later, you go to Verizon. You know, they just want you to work with the same industry for two years. It shows it shows stability. Okay. So now once you required a stable work history, they then going to look at, this is very important guys, DTI, which stands for debt to income ratio. All right. So uh, with FHA, the DTI is usually, every bank is different, but it's usually 43% to 50, maybe 55%, 56%. So what that means is, all right, so I'm gonna grab a calculator. So they take your monthly um, gross income. So guys, everybody that's listening, gross is before taxes is taken out. So let's say you get paid $3,000 a month. All right, let's just go with, you get $3,000 you get $3, a month. Then they also take your, um, your monthly expenses, Okay, the expenses is not all the expenses. It's just like the expenses they consider is, um, let's say your car note. They add. Let's say your car note is two fifty five, two hundred fifty five dollars. I'm adding that. They take your car note. They take your um your minimum your credit card payments. Let's say your minimum credit card payments is one eighty. Okay, they take that, and then they take your projected, um new mortgage, the projected mortgage, if they qualify you for this home, how much this mortgage is going to be? Let's say it's, let's say a thousand. I'm just throwing regular, random numbers out there. So now we have a thousand, 1430, we have 1435. Let's divide it into $3,000. Um, is the um, monthly, your monthly income, your monthly gross income. Uh -huh. 3,000 divided by Hold on. That's 50% DTI. Uh -huh. So basically the formula is this. You take your, oh, student loans, by the way. Student loans, they count as 1%. So if you owe $10,000, they're going to count 1% of 10000 is 1000 They're going to count 1% of that. Um, they count student loans, credit card payments, um, car notes, um, and, um, they don't, they don't count groceries. A lot of people think they count groceries. They don't, um, they, they don't count entertainment It's just, those are the things that banks look at and they divide it. And the DTI is just a fancy way of saying with this mortgage, they will like you to be able to, they would like at maybe 44% of your, your monthly income to cover everything. All those expenses I just said. Mm. That's that's what they consider you to be safe. So so those expenses you said, your car note, right? And then they add in the mortgage, 
right? And then yeah. you add in uh, 1% of your student loans. If you have student right. loans, yes. If you have student loans. And and those are the three, right? Oh, no, the credit card. Oh, yeah, your credit card debt as well. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, guys, if you have child support, they add in mm -hmm. child support. Okay, okay. So um, for those listening, yeah. Know, hope y'all taking notes. Okay. So, so look, you add your student loans if you have any. Your um your car note, not the my, you don't have to add the um the car insurance. Just your car note. Your minimum credit card payments, um child support, and then they're going to um the projected mortgage. Um, that's where you could talk to a realtor about to help you get the projected mortgage. And within the mortgage is the property taxes, hazard insurance. And they, they, they add all that and divide it by your monthly gross income, your monthly income. And if you're within, so for FHA, you have to be within no greater than 55, 56%. Mm -hmm. So what that means is they don't want no more than 56% of your monthly take home to, to um, no more than 56% of that to cover all that. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So real quick question. Can you go through the different loan products? Like, Of course. Yeah. So there's, we already spoke about FHA. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, FHA, you also have to pay mortgage insurance. And that mortgage insurance is there for life. Mm. Unless you refinance. So FHA allows you to get, it allows someone to get a home easier, but you know, there's pros and cons, but if that's your only option, by all means, get into the FHA and you can always refinance, maybe five, that's the loophole. You can refinance, you know, once your credit is up and you, you know, you've been, you've been stacking, you've been saving some money, you can refinance. Um, then there's conventional. Conventional, you could get in as low as 3%. You could do a 3% conventional. You could do a 5% conventional, 10% conventional. Um, the, for, for, for conventional, you need a 680 or higher credit score. Okay? And um, your DTI is anywhere between 45 to 50%. Now, the thing about the major main difference between conventional and FHA is once your LTV, all right, LTV means loan to value. Once you are... You, okay, how can I explain loan to value? So once you reach 20% of equity into the home, you drop the mortgage insurance. You no longer have to pay mortgage insurance. Mm. Mortgage insurance is like, consider that like tax. It's like, it's like what the um, banks are saying, listen, this is our tax for us lending you this money in case you, you default. So you're just paying that. And you don't get, uh-huh. And that's that's for the conventional or the FHA. Oh, uh, you pay mortgage insurance, conventional FHA, um, USDA. You don't pay for VA though. I didn't, I didn't get into VA though. Okay. But what I'm saying is the big difference between conventional and FHA is once you reach twenty percent of equity, meaning let's say your house. Let's go with easy numbers. Let's say the house is a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Once you got twenty thousand dollars into that house. Now the house is 80,000, you no longer pay mortgage insurance because you're considered less risk. Got it. Yeah. With, with that, right? Once it hit 80%, you would have to call, if I'm not mistaken, you'd have to call yes. and get it taken off. But at 78%, I believe it automatically comes off, right? Yeah, at 78, it automatically comes off. Okay. But I tell people that's the bank is waiting. The bank is hoping you don't 
Listen, once it gets to 80, you call the bank. They, they got to take it off by law. They're taking right. it off. So if you if your house is $100,000, and let's say if you did FHA, you only put 3.5% down. So 3.5% of 100000 what's that, 4500 Roughly. So you only, so you still got 97%, 97.5% that you're, that you're borrowing. So versus conventional, once you reduce the, how much you're borrowing to 80%, the mortgage insurance drops. Mm. And that's, that's 3,500 by the way. Yeah, 3,500, yeah. my bad. Yeah. yeah 3,500 okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so oh, by the way, so right now the market is good. A lot of people don't even know this. So me and my wife did this, and I've been telling all my all my um my my previous clients this. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you bought your house last year. If you conventional, you bought your house last year, and let's say you only put five percent down. Call your bank. Everybody listening, if you if you're in this predicament, call your bank and you tell them my mark my my house has appreciated because of the market. And I should, I, I, and then you're no longer at, um, you're no longer below 80, um, below 80%. I mean, above 80%. Mm-hmm. So, because right now, for example, I, I, I use personally my, my home. My home appreciated by like 120,000 in one year. Mm. I called the bank and I told them, listen, um, my house has appreciated. I didn't know this because I'm always running CMAs, co- um, co- comparable market analysis. I'm always seeing what markets is, um, houses is worth. So I'm like, yo, I, I punched in my house. I see what it was worth. I said, my house is worth this much now. They said, okay, all you have to do is pay for an appraisal and we'll verify it. I paid for appraisal. It cost me $400. They knocked off my, ins- my mortgage insurance. Mm. That's so, dope. So- a, lot, a lot of people right now, as long as you're not, you're not in behind payments, and you in conventional, you could do this. Just call them and, and um, ask them, just tell them, hey, I believe my house is, uh, has appreciated and um, I would like to remove the mortgage insurance. They're going to ask you to pay for the appraisal and they're going to send an appraisal out. That's a good hack, by the way. That's a, that's a real good hack. Yeah. That is a, that is a gem. So let's, let's, let's tap into that real quick. So you had an appraisal. On your, mm-hmm. your was this from a, a bank appraisal or was this an independent appraisal? And can you give the difference between the two? It was from the bank. It was from the bank because um, I'm the one who called them, so they have to get their own. So banks, by the way, they use they use um they have to use certain appraisers. They can't use the same appraiser because that's um bias. So they use um random uh, appraisers that's that are certified within their criteria. And um, let's go back to that hundred thousand. Okay, let's go back to that hundred thousand dollar house example. So let's say you you got a hundred thousand dollar house. You only put ten percent down, which is ten thousand. So you 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 borrowing ninety thousand. But now the hundred thousand dollar house is worth two hundred thousand. Okay, so or even one fifty. Now what you do is you divide that one fifty into how much you owe. And that percentage, if it's below 80%, at 80 or below, you call them. You call them up and you tell them. And you just, all you got to do is pay for the appraisal. They're going to remove the mortgage insurance. I did this for at least eight people this year already. Wow. Wow. So I have a question real quick. Do you, do you feel like this is how, like, how did COVID affect this, the housing market, right? Because you said your house appreciated so much. 
Can you just get into like how COVID impacted? Uh, so what COVID did? First, I sold them. I made the most money during it during 2020, mm-hmm. and that's nothing special about me. Most of my counterparts, most realtors who are really who are active, they too, they they hold sold a bunch of homes. Um, what COVID did it it put a lot of people in fear. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people wasn't buying homes, but then the homes dropped in price because a lot of people wasn't buying homes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the people that was out there buying. So, and then you had, Hmm. All right. Then you had some people. Cause I was dealing with new construction built from the ground up. I was doing built from the ground up by the way. That's my IG. Uh, um, built from the ground up underscore. <laughs> anyway. So I was doing new construction new construction homes is homes that, you know, you go, it's just land. And I show you different model model homes or prototypes, and you say, "Doc, this is the home I want." They build it, and you know, you and your family is the first one to live in there. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic, you had a lot of germaphobes who was like, "I don't want to rent. I don't want to buy a used home. I want a brand new home." Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't think of it like that. So that's where I came in, you know, because I was working for a builder, new construction. So I, yo, yo, my man, <laughs> I, I think know that. <laughs> yeah. In one month, in one month, I think I sold like 15 homes in one month. Wow. Wow. In one month. So I had, t- I had two different type of b- buyers. I had the buyer that said, you know, people, people are always in fear. This was in January, 2020. I had the buyer that told me the market's about to crash. Why should I buy the house? I'm not going to buy a house. I'm going to wait till the market crash. Okay. Then I had the type of person, then I had the other type of um, buyer who said, yo, Homes is cheaper right now. Rates are low right now. I need to buy. Mm. And those people who bought 2020, yo, if all of us bought a home in 2020 and sold it today, we'll all be up at least at least 100, 100 grand. At least. Because now, guess what, Tola? So you had that, let's say, let's say, um, let's, let's say buyer A. He bought the home because the race is low and the price is lower because not as many people's buying. And then you have buyer B. I'm not going to buy. The market's about to crash. You know, just fear and flip. Bong, bong, bong. Today, buyer B trying to buy that same house is spending 120 more. Wow. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> buyer A, wow. if he sold that house, he's, make, he's up 120. I see it. I see it with my own eyes. And also, a lot of people don't realize those people who waited, guess what? I don't know how much people know, you know, but there are, there's shortages. There's lumber shortages. There's window shortages. There's insulation shortages. There's um, stainless steel appliances from, from China, GE shortage, shortages. Because now so many people trying to buy homes and there's just so much shortages. Mm. So let this be a lesson. Yo, you can't base your moves on fear. Right. You cannot. It'll cripple you. Remember the last, I think in 2007 was the real estate bubble, the real estate crash, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you bought, I think, even 30 Apple shares, you'll be paid right now. Of course. If you bought a house back then, you'll be paid right now. You can't, you can't let fear dictate your moves. I see it. Because I see people that two years ago, I, see, I saw them, now they're trying to come to me. They want that same type of house. 
And they look at me like I'm the one who's dictating the price. I'm not. And like, yo, that house, that same house I sold two years ago was 100 grand less. I said, I know, that was two years ago. It's called supply and demand. That's basic economics. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. It's, it's just like in the streets. When there's a drought, the work is more. That's, 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 that's with yeah, everything. That's, that's, even, yeah. that's even with the stock market, too. It's, yeah. it's, it's life. Yeah. Yeah. There's no milk. You know what I'm saying? The price is going up. Gas right now, price so, is going up. How the pandemic affected me, first of all, um, all seriousness, I'm just I'm just so grateful that my family is in good health. And during that time, we still remain in good health. And during that time, I was able to stay busy. You know, so to answer your question, I was just able to be observant and um and I just seen a different type of bias and how people mindsets are when they hear certain news, you know. I seen the I seen that person who I see many people who made off during the pandemic by buying a home and selling it now. And then I see people who wished like, damn, I should have bought then. And now they need a home because guess what? Rent is going up. Rent has gone gone up. Mm. Mm. Stop renting. Stop renting. Stop. You can't create wealth by renting. You can't pass off. You would you you would you gonna pass off to your kid your your stabilized rent rent control apartment? That's what you're gonna pass off? Wow. Come on, I'm not trying to put nobody down because I'm from the projects. I used to live in Park Hill, Staten Island. I used to live in the projects. So I'm not trying to put you down. But you're talking to someone who's who who I'm, it's not from no books. I'm talking about from my experience. I rent I went from renting to to about to own my third home. Stop for renting. For anybody that's listening, you could do it too. You oh listen, you could. Yeah. If I could do it, you could do it. Mm-hmm. You we just gotta we just gotta shift your mindset. You know, a lot of people are comfortable. You know, I think Tony Robbins said the only difference between a rut and a grave is three feet. Mm. A rut is three feet, a grave is six feet. A lot of people is just in the rut. Mm-hmm. And they need somebody like me to encourage them. You know, after a while, if you sitting in your same shit for so long, it no, you, no, you can't no longer smell it. That's a fact. Right. Wow. So you... <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was so a you said that. That was definitely a bunch of gems. So and I and I like that you said, if I can do it, you can do it too. Right. Now, for the people that they may say, well, yeah, you know, you know, you were a realtor, you had a chance and, and you did this, right? So getting back into loan products, right? Yes. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry for, you know, veering off. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. But you, the the way, the way you, what you just said about if I can do it, you can do it too. Getting back into loan products. Like I said, some people think that you need 20% down. And then we actually, there's actually loan products that allow you not to put any money down. Like, yes, NACA. NACA. So Mm -hmm. you get into NACA. And then also when it comes to a down payment, the down payment can be a gift. Right. It doesn't yes. necessarily have to come from your own pocket. So that's right. Into, right. So can you tap into those other loan products where people don't necessarily need to put down a down payment and also the gift part of a loan product uh, where that down payment doesn't have to come from your own pockets? 
so um you know being um when i was working for the builder and it was this high value i used to see so many people every day um i seen where somebody they had the credit score they just didn't have the funds you know and this is how i learned everything i learned you know because the lender would call me so i was often the 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 mouthpiece for the builder and for the the bank the bank ain't speaking to you. They speaking to me and I relay it to you. They only speak to you once you approve. That's when then, then they have their processor call you to gather all these documents to verify everything. Anyway, so, you know, I would, I would hear all these different type of loan products. And I remember this a uh, few, a few, few different families, you know, first of all, there's down payment assistance. That's another possibility where a family could get down payment assistance. Yes, the, the interest rate is going to be a little higher, but hey, you're still in the home. Um, you can get down payment assistance. Um, you could get what Dane was talking about, a gift. So let's say, let's say Dane wants to buy a house and but he don't have the funds, but his credit is good. He got a he got a stable um work history. He could get a gift fund from his mom, from his dad, from his brother. And a gift just means this person is giving putting the down payment down for you. And then they have to write what they call a locks, letter of explanation, saying, I'm giving this X $10,000 to Dame uh, for the, for the purchase of his home and he does not have to pay it back, blah, blah, blah. It's just something simple. And he signs it and that's enough for them because now what the banks are worried about is money laundering. Mm-hmm. So, so now don't now, but when you do get a gift, let's say Dame gets a gift from his mom, they will look into his mom bank account for the past 30 days. They want to make sure she got it appropriately. So a lot of people hear that, oh, I could get a gift. You know, I'll just go to Poppy and get, nah. (laughs) They will look, they're going to ask for his mom's um, last three months of bank statements um, because they just want to know, okay, what does his mom do that she's giving? That's it. But that's it. As long as you could give um, an explanation, that's it. You're good. So you don't, so there are down payment assistance. Um, You can get gift funds. And you could, um, oh, and another, another thing, if, you're, if your credit score is borderline, you could get a co-borrower, a non-occupying co-borrower. Mm-hmm. So let's say Dame's credit is not all that, but his mom's credit is stellar. His mom's credit is in the high sevens. He could get his mom to um, co-sign, mm. you know, and, and then once Dame's credit gets better, you could do what they call a quick claim deed. Where now he could take his mom off the net, off the loan, and it's just him. Whoa. You know, there's many ways to get your credit up. Um, you could also, if you let's say your mom, let's say let's say Dame mom isn't comfortable doing that, uh-huh. but her her credit is great and his credit is just borderline. He could say, "Mom, listen, put me as an authorized user on your, one of your credit cards." Uh-huh. As soon as she does that, his credit is jumping up like twenty points. Uh-huh. Yeah. And to be an authorized user, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need the credit card. All the person have to do, the owner of that credit card, just say, "Hey, I'm putting my son on as an authorized user." So now that backs him up, that increases your credit. Another thing, people, if you paying utilities, pay utilities through your um your bank account. All right, that will increase, and you can report it to to Experian. That will increase your credit. Yo, if your credit is not good, get a Macy's card. Get a Macy's card. Buy underwears with it. 
I'm telling you things I did when my credit was in the fives. After I got my, I had a G35, a sports car, and I was just very irresponsible. I, was, I wasn't financially literate. And I got my car, I got my car repo because I couldn't afford it. I had no business doing that. Okay. And this is the things I did to bring my credit up. I got a Macy's card. Okay. I told my mom to put me as an um, authorized user. She never gave me a credit card. She just put me down. Um, I went to the bank and got a, a secured. You could go to the bank, write this down. A lot of people don't know this. You could go to the bank and say, I want to, um, I want a secured credit card. So what that means to lie is. When you go to Chase that you're already banking with and you say, I want to secure a credit card because I'm trying to build my credit up, they're going to say, okay, Tola, how much? Uh-huh. They're going to give you the price or whatever, Tola, whatever you say. Tola says $1,000. They're going to say, okay, give us $1,000. So they're going to use your own money as collateral. I started with $500. I gave the bank $500. Uh-huh. And then I would use that for gas, groceries, get, just to get my credit card, get my credit up. And I would pay that. I would pay it off. Or I have to pay half of it all. But I would just stay with the payments. Six months later, I went back to the bank and I said, uh, can I get a credit limit? They said, okay, we'll raise your credit by $250. And this time, you don't got to give us money because we still got your 500 A year later, I went back and I said, now we're like an unsecured credit card. Unsecured credit cards, what most people have is a credit card where they just go off your name. They look right. at your history and they say, they said to me, okay, we'll give you an unsecured credit card now. Here's your $500 back from last year. Mm. And we're going to start you off at a $750 limit. That's what they started me off. Mm. Good. I'm still using my Macy's credit card. I'm still using my unsecured credit card. Every six months, I would ask for an increase. By the way, do that. Every six months, ask for an increase. I don't care if you don't need it. It's going to increase your credit because your credit utilization, it went down. So the more money you have as an increase, it increases your utilization. Your, your points is going to go up. Uh-huh. So every six months, I would ask for an inc- increase. That same $750 credit card is now 30. I got 30,000 limit on that. Right. So you, you, you just dropped a whole lot of damn, damn, damn. Did I answer your question, my man? <laughs> man you, <laughs> you dropped, you dropped a lot of gems. And while you answered that question, wow, he just gave y'all how to build your credit. Um, some loan product, some down payment assistance. So if you think that you need the money needs to come from you to bring it doesn't get funds. It doesn't. Uh, wow. Wow. That was rapid fire right there, man. Man, talk happy, Doc. Let me ask you something about um something though, Doc. Uh NACA, right? Yes, sir. Can you let the people know something about NACA? Like what is NACA and how can they get a home with NACA? All right. So NACA, I actually I only have four transactions with NACA. Um uh, okay. NACA takes long. It's a long process. Okay. That's my only negative side. It's a long process. The good thing about, okay, yeah, it's a long process. I'm talking maybe six months to a year. Mm. You have to go to a workshop. You could do it online. All right. Uh, a workshop, you know, they teach you basic stuff that you should know that that's good. They teach you good basic stuff. Um, so that's the only negative I got about NACA. They, it's a, it's a process. It is a process, six months to a year. But there's many pros to NACA. They don't go by your credit. They do not go by credit score, but they do go by late payments. 
So if you had a late payment within the past six months, they're going to see. Um, so not every late payment is equal. They're going to see what it was. If you had a, a valid excuse, NACA, they, they help individuals who, who are credit challenged, you know, um, with NACA, they, there's no closing cost. Um, there's no closing cost with NACA. Um, there's no, you don't have to put down payment with NACA. Um, it, it is a great loan to get into if you get, if you could get into it. It's only primary residence. So it cannot be an investment or vacation property. Um, it has to be uh, primary residence. Um, NACA's NACA. Um, you could go online and you, you apply for the, the workshop. It's a good product. You know, you just have to, you just have to be patient and um, they don't go by credit score. Gotcha. Thank you. That's the good thing about NACA. Thank no credit that. score, no down payment. Uh, no closing costs. No closing costs. Do you have uh, mortgage insurance included in NACA as well? Um, I'm not sure about that. I only, I've only done four of them. I'm not sure. I don't remember about that. I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. But primary residence, does that is that limited to single family or is it still similar to the FHA where you can get a one to a four, uh, one to a four unit. Nah, the NACA, well, at least in Florida, is single family. It's limited to single family. It's limited to single family. Um, and then there's also VA. We didn't talk about VA. Uh -huh. VA loans, um, that's for vet veterans. Um, you, there's no mortgage insurance. You pay a funding fee, which is between 2.3% to 3.6% of the loan amount. Um, there's no property taxes. You don't pay, um, you don't pay property taxes. You don't pay mortgage insurance. Um, if you're disability, at least if you're, if you're hundred percent disabled, um, VA has a lot of pros. You just have to be a veteran to qualify. You need a certificate of eligibility. What that is that that just shows, um, the bank that you did, you was in the military and, when you went in, when you went out, um, they're gonna ask for COE or DD two fourteen. Um, their DTI is much higher. They allow you to go up to sixty percent DTI. Mm. Yeah, sixty percent. Um, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of benefits for the for the veterans that serve this country, and you know they deserve it. And that's that's the VA. Low interest rate. Oh, hundred percent financing. By the way. With VA. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the next question that we have for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talks about, you know, a housing crash in 2022, right? Due to the forbearance ending and things like that. Yeah. Do you think there'll be a crash? And if so, how long would it be? And how bad do you think it'll be? Listen, nobody could tell you. Like I said, in 2020, in 2020 mm -hmm. when the pandemic started, I was told it's going to be a crash. Yeah. I remember uh, my boss giving me this paper saying, you know, I was a central worker because in Florida, they didn't want you outside past a certain time unless you was a central worker. And I used to show homes, this and that. And um, they were saying back then the market is going to crash. To be honest with you, Tola, 
nobody can answer that, man. Your guess is good as mine as, as regarding that. Um, for the past four years, I've been hearing about a crash. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, but the four, what I am seeing is because of the, well, at least in Florida, there's no longer an eviction freeze. There was an eviction freeze, meaning nobody was getting evicted because of, you know, they still had the forbearance going. Now that's, that's been lifted over here. They've been evicting people. And what I see, it depends on which side of the fence you're on. Um, I, I'm working with a few investors right now because there's, there's a lot of foreclosures. Mm-hmm. So it's good for them. You know, um, there's a lot of foreclosures I'm seeing. I'm seeing more homes on discount. Um, short sales. I'm seeing short sales. Um, but as far as if I know if it's going to, I don't know, man. Your guess is as good as mine on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, but so. with the forbearance, though, um, yeah, they they have stopped that, and they push it back. They push it to the back of your loan. So don't don't be a lot of people did take forbearance. Don't be nervous now that it's lifted. As long as you can now make your regular payments, it's not like you got to make lump sum of payments. So if you if you push the if you set aside, if your forbearance is like seven thousand dollars, let's say that you haven't been paying, it just goes to the back of your loan. You don't have to now that it's lifted because a lot of people used to call me and tell me because some of my, my clients that I help get a home. You know, they was afraid of because the forbearance has been lifted out here. And I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. Just make your regular payments and you good. Mm. That's good to know. Yeah, but if you sell your home, that money's coming off <laughs> off oh, yeah. top. Yeah, the oh okay. Yeah, you got yeah, they gonna they gonna automatic the bank is gonna take that. So don't think you're gonna get away with it. Or if you refinance, the bank is gonna take this too. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So with companies like Zillow and Redfin. Yes. Right? They're trying to buy up a bunch of houses and sell it back, you know, basically without a realtor. Yeah. Do you think that has like affected realtors in the long term or do you think it's harmful for the industry? Because we see what Zillow is going through um, more recently. So do you think that's more harmful or so the industry? Man, that's a very subjective question. Um, some a lot of realtors hate Zillow. <laughs> um I don't mind. I'm actually a Zillow Premier agent. Um, I could share with you guys my Zillow website. Um, so what Zillow did, they have something called iBuyer. And they went off of algorithms and the computer which just buy these homes. And they will overpay because they thought, so during the summer of this year, homes was homes went up. It's a seller's, it's still a seller's market. It started to stabilize. It started, I would say stabilized right now, but it was a seller's market. And um, my buyers, like I will put in five offers for a buyer and it will all be like, no, no, no. They will lose to Zillow because wow. Zillow will buy it cash and they will overpay it. But what Zillow messed up was they miscalculated how much the homes is worth. You know, they was already overpaying for a product that was overcharged. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, so now I don't know if y'all know Zillow selling like 7,000 plus homes. They just dumping it. You know, they, they are selling a lot of homes. And, and now the buyers I'm working with, they're able to get that Zillow home. Um, Zillow definitely miscalculated um, 
uh, they use something called iBuyer. Um, it's a computer just buying homes. Um, how did it affect me? It, it affected me on the buying side when I represented my buyers. It was harder for my, for my buyers to get homes because Zillow's cash offer. And a lot of my finance buyers, they can't compete with that. You know, and not only was they cash offers, they was they was overpaying on something that was already overcharged. Overcharged. Wow, Zillow really took like they took a huge risk doing that, man. They did, and they 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 also laid off like twenty five percent of their staff. Yeah, that's crazy. From that, um, you know, they 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 lost a lot of money because of that. Um, the algorithms was definitely miscalculated, and um, you know, but now it's prices has stabilized, mm-hmm. you know, so. So I don't, I don't want to get off, you know, uh, very rough, but mm-hmm. you know, for, for those that is listening, you know, uh, the money printers, if you just look at Zillow stock, Zillow stock is going down bad, you know, um, just be, and it's because of this, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it just relates to, it relates to the world and the market and how things operate, you know? So, you know, this is why we just wanted to, you know, give the, give you the, give you guys this information so that you guys know what's going on. All right. Um, but quick question, Doc. What's up? Can you give us like the pros and cons of ownership versus renting? All right, off the top of my head. Um, so renting less maintenance. So when you rent in an like when I used to rent, if something if the radiator broke. I just called the super, they fixed it. I ain't paying nothing. Right. You know, it's less maintenance, less responsibility. I could pick up and move when I want. Oh. Um, these are the pros. Um, less expenses. I could pick up and move whenever I want. Um, that's the only thing I could really think about. You know, that's the only thing I can think about the pros of renting. It just offers more flexibility, you know. Okay. You know, and there's no, oh, I don't have to pay for property taxes. I don't have to pay for mortgage insurance. You know, the the little extra expenses that built, that comes with homes, I don't have to pay for that. To me, those are the pros. Um, the cons of renting is every year your rent is going up. Right. <laughs> every year your rent is going up. Regardless of what the market does, your rent is going up. When you leave, I peak. Let's go with, let me get my calculator out. Let's go with that. Uh, let's go with $2,000 rent. That's, that's, that's realistic. Mm-hmm. The average person that I've been meeting, like the first time home buyers, when I, whenever I, I always ask first time home buyers, right, how long you've been renting? The average answer I get is seven years. Mm. Let's go with $2,000 times 12. That's $24,000 a year. Let's time that by seven. That's one hundred and sixty-eight thousand wow. dollars in seven years. Some people rent more. So let's say I've been renting for seven years. I done paid one hundred sixty-eight thousand. Now I'm moving. What am I getting back from that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a dime. Mm-hmm. Do I get any equity? Am I getting nothing? Am I getting anything from that? Nope. Can I can I can I pass that to my kids? I'm getting nothing. You get nothing once you leave. Um, With renting, there's more restrictions as well. You you know, it's somebody else's place. You know, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, Landlord landlord tells you, you know, it's like your parent. 
you know, you know, is telling you what you can and cannot do. Um, that's, that's to me, those, those are the cons, um, with buying the pros of buying to me is, is not going up. The price is not going up. I know how much I'm paying every month. I know what I'm paying, you know, is not going up. Um, it's a liquidable asset. Um, meaning if today, right now, Tola, in this market, I could sell my house, put it on the market. My house was selling four days. Oh. I'm getting, not only am I getting the money I put in because I'm right now with this current market, I'm, I'm making out, I'm going to make some money on top of it. Right. Um, I could write off my interest, my, my, um, the, 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 the interest I could write that off. I could write off the taxes. Oh. There's more, there's more, um, tax write-offs with owning a home. Um, I could leave this to my daughter. You know, I can rent it out. I got flexibility. I got options. I can rent it out. You know, I don't want to sell it. I'm buying another house. Let me just rent this out. Uh-huh. You know, um, those are the pros, the cons with owning a home. You know, any little thing, any maintenance, it's on you. You know, if my, if my water heater goes out, it's on me. I got to get but huh? you, can, you can always get like somebody to come and fix it. Of course, <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. Of course, um, it's a little harder to pick up and move versus renting. Right, right. That's you know, it's a little harder. But I think overall, buying, owning a home is better than renting a home. Overall. Overall. And another thing is, owning a home could help to bring, you know, to, to, to decrease that generational gap, that wealth gap. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Can you tap into that? Man, listen. <laughs> like, like, so, you know, do you think we could close the wealth gap through investing of, in real estate? Of and, course. And home ownership? Of, yeah. of course. Not just that. Just that, Like I said, you invest in real estate and, and investing in the money printers, mm-hmm. um, investing in your 401k. Yo, listen, man. I didn't know about 401k until my, in my latter years. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm young, but I wish I'd been doing 401k when I started working. If you listen, if you if you're working with a company that will match your 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 money, max it out. If they if they allow you to do five percent max and they'll and they'll match the five percent, which equals ten percent, do it, do it. Your 401k. I'm talking about different different forms of different streams of income. Um, life insurance. There's, there's different types of life insurance that has cash annuity, cash, cash into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways that we could decrease that, that wealth gap. The median, the average, um, the average white household almost makes eight times that of the average black household. Wow. And this inequality is what I call wealth gap. Now I'm about to take it back. I'm about to take it back. It's innate. What I mean by innate, yo, this goes from slavery. This goes from slavery with land, 40 acres and a mule. This goes from land. The average, most, most European people that are living in America, they was already set up with this land that black people has cultivated. Oh. They were set up. So it was like, Tola, 
Me, me and Tola playing basketball. Game is 21. But I already got 20 points before we even started. You're already ahead of the game. I'm already ahead of the game. But listen, and th- all right, let's go. Let me teach y'all a little history. There's something called redlining. Redlining, you can look this up, redlining. Redlining is a term back in the 60s, 50s, 40s, 40s, 50s, 60s, that the lenders, the banks used to use, they used to literally take a map and draw a red line through the map. This area down, we're not going to lend to. This area is the so-called ghetto. This area is the so-called where my so-called minorities live. We're not going to lend to. And if we do lend, we're going to do, um, we're going to, we're going to charge them ridiculous interest rate to, to basically deter you from buying. But the red line from this map up, we are going to lend to, this is the more affluent areas. These are the more, these are the areas that's more desirable and we're going to do less, um, low, lower interest rate. That was systematic racism. Uh-huh. Redlining also has a lot to do with why the generational gap is now. Because back then, so let's say you have a, 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 a white family buying a home, buying a home in an area that's desirable, right? Okay. And then you have a black family who buys in a home in an area that's not, is not considered desirable. That black family's paying way more interest rate. The white family's paying lesser, less interest rate. Four years down the line, that white family, that home where they live in, appreciated like ridiculously versus the, the other family, the black family that hasn't. Now, the um, Fair Housing Act, they, they, they realized this in 1968, something called Fair Housing Act, where basically they saying, we now we're going to stop redlining. But guess what? It's too late because these neighborhoods now that the um, uh, another let's say now that white family bought in that neighborhood, the kids of that white family is they basically they reaping from the appreciation of that home. Now, the black family that wants to buy in that area, even though now the Fair Housing Act says you can, that house is it might be it might be you can't afford it. It may you may not be able to afford it because it done appreciated like 10 times over. Hmm. Oh, y'all follow me? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. all systematic. It's all systematic. And there's a great movie called The Bankers with um, Anthony Mack and Samuel Jackson. Yo, it's a great movie. And it talks about redlining. And it talks about these two bankers, Bernard Garrett and Joe Morris. They was the first black bankers in USA. This was during the 50s. What they basically did is they had a white man that knew nothing about real estate. They used him as a front. They would buy the real estate through, them, through him in, in their LLC name. So Bernard Gary and Joe Morris, they made an LLC. And they used this white guy as a front to buy the homes. And they bought so many homes. Then they, they, what they end up doing is, guess what? After they bought the homes, they rented the homes out to black to black families in these desirable neighborhoods. neighborhoods. Mm, I love that. And then they was, they was killing it. They was making so much money. They said, you know what? We're going to buy a bank. They bought a bank and they started lending money to black families in these desirable neighborhoods. And this is a true story too. No, this is a true, this is a true story. 
You could Google Joe um, Bernard S. Gary and Joe Morris. Mm-hmm. Or, um, look, the movie Bankers. This yeah. is a true story. It came out about like two years ago. Yeah. The true story, my man. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, regarding the wealth gap, it's like the game, we started playing the game and we was already behind just because. Look up redlining. Also, look up steering. That's another thing they did. So let's say I see a black family and I say, and they want to be in this, in this desirable neighborhood and you have a realtor say, you know what? I don't think you feel comfortable in this neighborhood. How about we, how about you buy this home over here? You know, it's next to Popeye's and the liquor store. Hmm. Real, real story. This is what they did. It's crazy. It's called staring. Look up staring, look up redlining. And that's why the um, HUD made this law, um, the uh, Fair Housing Act in 1968 to stop that. Mm-hmm. But bottom line is, I'm only, I can only do my part. You know, and doing my part is making sure I have a piece of the pie and making sure I educate. Like right now, I educate a lot of people. You know, I, I educate a lot of first-time home buyers who tells me, oh, I can't buy that home because my credit score is not 700. Okay. I, 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 so I've helped people get into homes with credit scores maybe 600. Oh, I can't buy that home because I don't got, I don't got down payment. It's, un- it's unfortunate that, you know, black people as a whole, we're just like, some of us are conditioned, right? Yeah, so, ooh, I like that word. Right, but I, I, I love that we, we built our mindset up so much that we're not, con- we're, not, we're, not, we're not succumbing to, you know, what they want for us, right? We're we, we thinking outside the box. We, we've seen better, we, you know what I'm saying? So we want yeah. better, and we're, we're out there to get that. And I, I just love that, you know, us as young black individuals, you know, not to get into any race, racial things, but we're out here really trying to, you know, promote bigger and better, right? Quality things. So yes. I, I just love that, you know, you, you're doing this, Dame is doing this, I'm doing this, and there's a lot of other people too, but, you know, I just love that we're out here really trying to help other people really get, get to it, you know what I'm saying? And to those who, who want it, you know, not everybody's receptive to it, but to those that are receptive, like, we're, we're out here to help you. You know, so I just I just love that, though. And listen, uh, I may not be licensed in New York or Atlanta or certain states, but I can help you. I know other realtors that can help you. I've helped um, a few people before on um, on Damon Tola's um, on the Zoom platform, mm-hmm. giving people great advice. I helped uh, his name, Kevin. I believe his name is Kevin. Um, helped him give him great advice on you know, the steps to take. And he, and he got that. He got, I think he got a multifamily home. Mm. You know, I, listen, you could, you could DM me. My thing is, listen, my thing is, look, the more I give, I feel like the world is a reflection of you. As you give, you shall receive. As you become a blessing, you shall receive blessings. You are a magnet of whatever you give out, whatever you emit. So my mentality is not what's in it for me. My mentality is how can I serve you? Because it adds purpose to my life. Mm. It adds purpose. Talk about it. You listen, you can hear me speak. You can listen to me. I, this is no, I'm not putting a show on. Tola, Tola, I'll tell you, this is how I sound every day. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. 
We could be talking about basketball. This is how I sound. You know, and I listen, it's, if each individual do their part to, I'm not saying buying a home is the only way to get wealthy, but it's one of the main ways. It's a good start. Mm-hmm. It's if, and if anything, if, if anything less else, you're going to change your, your kid's mindset. Kids don't always do what you say. They do what you do. Mm. <laughs> Talk about it, man. That's a gem right there. Yeah. That is a gem. You gotta they do what you do. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Right. Listen, so, everybody that's listening to this, I don't care what position you're in right now. I helped a, I helped a divorce lady with no credit. Her credit was horrible. It took us a year and a half. A year and a half, my man. I was with her taking pictures at her new home, new construction home. Wow. Because I, I told her what steps to take to get her credit up. Right. You just got to, you know, Dapo is leading by example, right? And he's been through these things. He's helped people through these things, you know, and it's always good to just get that guidance, right? When you get that guidance, now you're able to basically follow somebody's footsteps that's been through it, right? You don't have to, I spoke about this before, you don't have to jump through those landmines, right? Because he's been through those hurdles and things like that. So he's going to guide you into the right direction and make your process much easier than it would be by yourself, you know? So, um, you know, definitely want to take advice from the, those that's been through it. That's those that are inside and actually doing the work. And listen, I give a, there's some realtors out here. They won't even talk to you if they, if you're not signing with them. Mm. I talk to anybody. And that, and that just, that just shows your character, man, because a lot of people, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, this is my time. I'm not doing it unless I'm getting paid for it. Nah. There's, there's a lot of things that you do that. You know, you're not asking for no compensation or nothing like that. You're just out there just giving that information willingly. And that's what I respect a, a lot about you and what you do. 100%. Yo, my, my man, when I, I do, one of the reasons why I do this is because when I went in front of the FREC, Florida Real Estate Commission, mm-hmm. I made a promise to myself, yo, if they let me through, I'm going to help anybody who's willing to listen, anybody who's receptive, just to help. Because those seven people, strangers who never met me, they helped me. They helped me. And that's dope. If y'all listening, like my billionaire brother just said, don't don't reinvent the wheel. If somebody has the blueprint, don't feel too prideful and too shameful to to take the blueprint or or reach out and ask for help. Don't let your foolish pride become your suicide. You know, somebody who's been there and done it, take what they've done um, and apply it the way you want to do it and get it done. Right. Yeah. Don't don't take no for an answer. Don't give excuses. We don't embrace excuses. We only embrace solutions. Right. So that's right. Oh. I th- Yo, excuses or results. You can't have both. Pick one. Facts. <laughs> Faith or fear. You can't you can't have both. You got to choose one. And you know what I like? Tola, I like you know what I like about um, faith and fear? The oh. comparison. Yeah. Faith and fear, they both ask you to believe in something that's not yet there. That's a a gem. (laughs) They both ask you to believe in something that's not there yet. Mm. But why come so many people go with the fear? Mm. Why? I'll tell you why. Like Tola said earlier, conditioned. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, really, like like you said, you got to change your mindset, y'all. 
But Dane, what you about to say? No, everything is mindset. We touch on mindset greatly on on the Money Printers podcast. But can you give us the blueprint that you think would close the wealth gap? Give us the exact blueprint or the blueprint that you would take. I mean, me. All right, so I'm not going to say there's only one way. It's like, yo, if I want to go to the mall, there's different routes to go to the mall. I could walk to the mall. I could ride a bike. The most effective way for me to drive, but there's different routes to take. You know, me right now, like I said, um, I bought a house, okay, and then I refinanced. I did a cash out refinance, took 50 grand out, and used that to buy another house. And now I'm renting that house out. It's almost been a year since I'm renting that house, and I'm about to rinse and repeat. Come February, I'm looking to buy my third home. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then real quick, could you break down what a cash out refi is for those? who may? Oh, OK. My bad. So let's say you already own a home and you're providing your home has equity. Um, most people right now, if you own a home, odds are your home has equity um, because of the way the market is right now. So let's say your home equity means the amount of money your home appreciated. So let's go back to that example. Easy numbers. You bought a hundred thousand dollar home. And now because the market is doing well, that home is worth like, let's say 175 now or 200 now. So you have $100,000 equity. You have extra. That's a good thing. Equity is a good thing. So let's say out of that $100,000 equity, you want to pull out $50,000 cash out refinance. So what you're doing is you're refinancing your house. Um, You're taking a new loan. So now instead of that $100,000 house, Let's say you took out 50. Now the house is 150. Now your mortgage is going to go up a little. Like my mortgage went up by $80. But to me, it was worth it. Your mortgage is going to go up a little. Now, now the question is, now that you pull that, now they give you cash based on what the, um, the market is saying your home is now worth, as long as you do the smart thing with that cash. So what I did last year, I bought another home. Um, so cash out refinance is basically in short, if your home has equity and it had is appreciated you could take that equity out as a new loan so you're not getting the money for free but you're basically using your house as your own personal bank okay and that's way better than going to the bank asking for that 50 grand because the interest rate is low like i took a fifty thousand dollar um um cash out on my house my interest rate is 2.75 you know you ain't going to go to the bank and get a 50,000, get 2.75% interest rate. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I, I turned around and I'm basically is going back to the streets. I'm flipping my home. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what, that's basically what I'm doing, but that's a cash out refinance. Um, and you pull money out. Some people do it. They pull the money out to pay for their kids college. Um, some people do it. They pull money out to re- renovate the, the kitchen to, to help boost the home appreciation. Um, it's, or you could do a HELOC, which stands for Home Equity Line of Credit. And that's, that's like a credit card, but it's, it's cash too. You only pay back on what you pull out, but you don't have to pay it back right away. You could dictate the terms. It could be 10 years, 15 years, and the interest rate is very low. And depending what you want to do with it, it, it just might make sense to do a cash out refi. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I also, as far as um, to 
answer Dave's question. Um, um, I also, you know, I have I have money in certain um, avenues as far as stocks, um, mutual fund, four hundred one k, IRA, you know, Vanguard, and um, and I hope you know I hope to learn some more to diversify. I hope to learn some more from the money printers because you know you know I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing these brothers put up some man some numbers. They putting up some numbers, man. Some astronomical numbers, you know, and we, we, we could all have a piece of that pie. It's just, it's all about, yo, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And I always tell people the awareness of power is more powerful than the power itself. Mm. You just got a lot of people just unaware. But once you're aware, whoo. Right, right. And I, I feel like, the whole society right now is, is I don't want to use the term, but they're woke, right? Everybody is starting to tap into like that. They're starting to tap into, you know, aff- affirmations, starting to tap into meditation. Yeah. And just starting to tap into their higher self. And once you, once you're more aware of the things that you can do, more aware of the things that surround you, you can essentially just move up in life. It's going to be, it's, it's going to become so easy. Right? Yeah, and um, I think that's what Doppel is really like trying to talk about right now. So, um, yeah, just try to tap into that high, higher frequency as much as you can, and you know you can really elevate your life all around you. You know, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, monetarily. You know, so um, I think you know what, what you was just at, uh, Dame's question. You know, he said, you know, how can you close the wealth gap? You know, so he was basically just giving out a blueprint right throughout this whole episode, honestly. You know, so, you know, building a credit. Right. Um, you know, he was giving you guys the different kind of products. Right. So FHA, VA, um, conventional. Right. NACA. Yeah. Uh, also, you were talking about DTI, you know, DTI. Right. So all these all these things, he was just talk, talking about how he cash out refinance. Right. You can do the same thing that he just did. Cash out refinance on your house and, and flip it and, and, and reinvest into another crib and do it again and again and again right? This is how we're going to close that wealth gap, right? And this is how we're really going to elevate as a whole, you know? So, um, you could also do a regular refinance. Um, I know this guy, he was, he's been in his house for like 11 years. His house is, his house is almost paid off. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think he got like five more years left to pay it. And, um, his interest rate was 5%. And I said, yo, your interest rate is 5% right now. I said, what's your credit? He told me his credit. I said, I'm going to have a mortgage loan officer call you. Yo, I end up helping him refinance his, his, um, his, he went from a 5% to like 2.8, which saved, which saved him $320 a month. Wow. Wow. You know, and I didn't get nothing out of that. And I knew I wasn't going to, but I just felt good to help him. Like you said, man, like if you don't know what you don't know. You know, yeah. And, it's, you know, to that guy, he didn't know that. He probably didn't know that hey, I could refinance and, you know, get a lower mortgage. A lot of people don't know that. So a lot, yeah. No, they don't. They, they don't, don't know. I, a lot of people don't know that. So whenever someone is, as long as you're receptive, I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to talk to you because I feel like if you, whatever I give, I'm going to get back. If I act stingy, I'm telling the universe I'm not abundant. I'm not prosperous. Also, why would I, why would I act stingy? Mm-hmm. That's, that's why that's why I give abundantly because I got it. That's a fact. 
That's a fact. Man. Yeah. What was he about to say, Doc? And because I, that's my mindset, there's nothing for me to give. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing. You know, I truly feel in, I'm, I'm all about energy. That's why when I talk, I speak with intention. I'm all about energy. And the energy you give off is what you're going to get. We all antennas of energy. Some people, you remember those bunny, those bunny antennas that you had to put the aluminum foil on top of it to get a better reception? <laughs> Yeah. You know, or some people, some people at tennis is like that. Some people at tennis is HD is digital. Mm. You know, they more weird. Everything is energy. Huh? It's energy. Stop. Stop listening to the news. Stop. Stop letting the news tell you what you can't afford or what you can't afford. If it's in your heart to go do something, do it. I just beyond houses. This is beyond wealth gap. If it's in your heart. You see that same fine, that same fine female every day at work, and you just keep eyeing her. No, you don't say hello. If it's in your heart to get acquainted, get acquainted. <laughs> what, what? Really, you really tapping into a to a higher frequency, man, and 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 it's dope because especially on this podcast, we really talk about frequency, affirmations, abundance, and mindset. And yes, you fit this exact mold. So, man, this is. This is Yo. an amazing episode, bro. Yo, Dane, we are dimensional beings. And see, the problem is most people, they stop at the five senses. If they can't feel it, if they can't touch it, if they can't test, taste it or smell it or see it, then it doesn't exist. Mm. That is, that's no power. Because if you just remain at the five senses, then you are constantly relinquishing your power to society. Mm. Mm. This power is within you. It's within you. Yo, you know what I tell Tola a lot? Don't be a, ther- a thermometer. Be a thermostat. You know what the difference is? A, thermo- a thermometer just tells you the weather. Yo, it's 75 degrees outside. A thermostat dictates the temperature. You know, I want it to be 80. So it's 80 because I say so. Mm-hmm. You got to raise your frequency. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Forget what society says. Society told me, yo, you got a felony. You're a black man. You got bad credit. I had CEO tell me, yo, you're not going to have nothing but a menial menial wage job. I had, I had, um, I had people, and in, in, in when I was in New York, when I went to go for my real estate license, tell me, yo, don't even bother getting, just don't even bother going for the state exam because they're not going to accept you. And you know what? I'm ashamed to say, but I listened. So because I listened, I had put my passion on a shelf. It wasn't until I tapped in within me, until I tapped in the source, because you are the source. It wasn't until I tapped in myself. And I'm like, yo, why I keep looking at other people for validation, for approval? Something's within me to do better, so I'm going to do better. That's a fact. That's a fact. Hey, yo, man. We gonna close up right there. That's it. We need another episode. We need we to get that back on. We need to plug it too, man. You know, hey yo, anytime, man. Anytime. And next time, next time, you know, I'll show my face. Anytime. You know, man. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, I, I hope they felt your energy through through this this podcast. I know I surely did, Dame. I'm sure he did too. Man, uh, but amazing. we, yeah, this is an amazing podcast. You know, this rapid fire, so much energy, so much gems. Uh, life life changing, literally. 
Uh, thank you so much for being with us. This is episode four of the Money Printers podcast. I'm your co-host, uh, Tola. I'm here with my billionaire brother, Dame, um, and my other billionaire brother, Dapo. Uh, you can follow him on IG at built from the ground up underscore. Uh, we're going to drop his Zillow account and his e-business card in the description below um, in this podcast. Make sure to follow, like, subscribe, and share with everybody that you know. Uh, or Facebook, Dapo Bay. Google Facebook if you or like. His, or his Facebook. <laughs> we appreciate y'all again. Dame, got anything to say to the people? Nah, again, we, <clears throat> Dapo, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. This was an amazing jam-packed podcast episode uh, full of gems. I know I felt your energy. I'm sure that everyone listening is going to feel your energy when this comes out. We need a part two. We need a part two for sure. Definitely, definitely. Hey, thank you. I, I'm grateful that you have you know, yeah, yeah, welcome me. And you haven't thought of me. Uh, that really says a lot. Thank you for the privilege. Because I know y'all could, as much as much popular y'all both are, y'all could ask anybody to be on, but y'all ask me. Bless y'all. And I'm glad I could be useful because if you're not useful, you're useless. That's a fact. That's a beautiful gem. Hey, All right. episode four of the uh, Money Printers podcast. Dapo, again, thank you. All right. I'm going to end it here. Peace. All right. Peace. All right.